Hello and welcome to the Improve Glasgow show where we are three personal trainers trying to improve Glasgow's health and fitness one podcast at a time. I am Coach Lewis and this is Coach Carol. Hello. This is Coach Callum. Hiya. And this is Coffee with the Coaches. Uh, well, Dave is drinking fruit tea. Fruit tea with the coaches. <laughs> uh, number seven, uh, where we usually take questions from the Improve Glasgow community and beyond. However, today uh, I am being question master and just giving some quick fire questions out to the coaches uh, and they'll probably be passed back in my general direction too so we've just got a list of questions that we'll go through i'll leave them in the show notes so you can read them before you get in but here we go so dev what is the best 100 pounds or less purchase that you have made that's helped your training nutrition activity or sleep this is a very, very difficult question <laughs> because there's so many, there's so many things that I have bought slash pay for um, that are related to training, nutrition. But if I had to choose one, mm-hmm. then probably two things. Oh, I don't know. Can we give her two? They're under the price of hundred pounds. Yeah, if they're both together, less yeah. than hundred pounds. Right, a notebook and a pen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've seen you writing down training stuff, but I'd do it at home. Right. <laughs> I reckon <laughs> a whiteboard in here and then take it at a Interesting. Yep. Right. Well good. Unexpected shout. I like it. Well yeah. done. Cal? So I have two things. <laughs> I don't know. There's a, there's a cheesy answer and then there's a more serious answer. The cheesy answer was I think the first time I went to, I grew up playing football. My family are big football like supporters. And uh, I went age 10 to go and play rugby. And I think it was like £15 for this open day thing uh-huh. that led you into like summer camp to get you into like playing rugby essentially. So that's obviously spiralled into me being a very passionate, you know, it definitely got me into like fitness very seriously and became a massive facet of my life so i think it'd be i think it'd be difficult to justify anything other than that but the the other answer recently i bought over the last year was pillows and <laughs> these are amazing answers yeah pillows like just if you haven't if you haven't if you don't get a good quality pillow then don't come to me and say you have a sore neck uh-huh. <laughs> spend spend on spend well on something you use every single day for seven eight hours. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. So, what's your recommendation with pillows? Like, I don't uh, think I have a good pillow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not a pillow master, but <laughs> well, you've just... surely done your research in the pillows. Yeah, exactly. Not? Just well, like, what did the research tell you? I mean, to be the, to the point where I want, I have emailed a place that asked <laughs> asking, <laughs> asking for the, the level of uh, pillow softness they use. I'm a what does that mean? Sorry? What do you mean? What's the level? Oh, there's, le- there's different, different, there's different <laughs> levels Furnaces. to it. Uh, oh. Is that a word? Furnaces? Furnaces? Oh, well, I don't know. We'll go for it. Uh, the firmability <laughs> of a pillow is quite important, just depending on what you like. I like it uh-huh. soft. Well, I think soft is the recommendation. I thought somebody like it. No, it's a it, it it soft, soft, soft mattress. I like it as soft as possible. <laughs> soft on the bottom. <laughs> In bottom in what terms? The mattress. I mean, yeah, like I want to fall through the mattress. <laughs> yeah, at that point. I think they're sleep in hammocks. I said like me, you and Carol. <laughs> <laughs> A soft hammock. Oh, uh, and so what's your favourite? <laughs> <laughs> my answer is going to be my lifting shoes. And I think the reason I'm choosing that is 
because I feel like that was probably the transition point for me, like dabbling in training, like and transitioning into more right. This is serious. I can actually really enjoy this. I want to get these numbers up. I want to try and get stronger. And I think, like, if I was still just going to the gym and showing up and like chucking a few dumbbells about and not taking it seriously, I don't know if I would still be training. You know what I mean? We all train quite similarly. Do you think the chasing numbers and chasing big goals and heavy weights has kept you training for longer? Uh, probably enjoyment. I would say, like, I just enjoy it. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of, uh, I take a lot of pride in my fitness, which I don't think you need to do by any stretch, but I do. Uh-huh. And therefore, yeah. that's a big driver of, of me trying to achieve things. Uh, what do you think? Love chasing numbers. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> I just like like to see the progression, um, especially like going back to my notebook and my pen. If you write down like for me, like when I first started training, that's like where I wrote down like uh-huh. that next session, and then it's just amusing looking back now. Like Aye, totally. you can even squat like seventy kilos without dying, and now that's like one up. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, but it's funny because like, I've got a notebook in my bag, but I'm I'm always so inconsistent with using it, and I've used a spreadsheet before, and I probably prefer a pre- spreadsheet, to be fair, but Callum, you use one consistently. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll always gen- use a notebook. Yeah, I've got like notebooks for just general thoughts, and then I've got notebooks for training, but it's now gotten to the point where I have five beside my bed. <laughs> you have five <laughs> notebooks, do you? They're like filled. Oh, they're like filled, but notebooks, right. and it's that way where I'm generally... I think it's good to have, kind of what Carol says, it's really good to look back and reference to. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's really good to just have a, I don't know, like an outlet for your thoughts. Yeah. It's, and, and that's usually used in the connotation of very serious things. And even today, it's been very training focused. Like probably I've written more down about what's on my head with my own training rather than, than the numbers that I've put in for the movements I've performed as well. So, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. I like pen and paper, though. There's something same. I really like about In the same it. vein that you, you won't catch me with a Kindle, I like an actual book, something yeah. to, to hold on to uh, and grasp. I, I, I agree, but see, see trying to read a Kindle at night is so much better because you can have all the lights out and just turn the Kindle down and it's just nice and light in your hand. Fair enough. You can have 10,000 books on it. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I know, I know, I know, I know we're just, yeah, Team Kindle. I feel like my, my dog, like my real books have been just kicked to the side. No, but I agree, I love real books. But anyway, we're getting sidetracked massively yeah. here. But it's a hell of a old eye on diaries. So, Carol, see what I think is an interesting question. So, you tracking your numbers now, what did your numbers at the start look like? Like, what was the first ones that you wrote down? So, I think that's probably quite encouraging for any ladies that are listening. Yeah, I think. Very, I mean, I can remember trying to lift a hundred kilo deadlift and it feeling absolutely ridiculous and thinking at the time, like, I'm never going to be able to like lift this. I don't know why, but on every lift, like a hundred just seems to be in my head, like, mm. this should be like base level, and then you can work from there. Now, obviously, that's ridiculous in terms of a bench press for a female shoulder I mean, press. That's my yeah, shoulder press uh-huh. goal, and I don't know if I'll ever get there. But in terms of like a squat and a deadlift like 100 kilos and you see so many people again females nowadays who are just like I've lifted 100 kilos in a deadlift I've squatted 100 kilos like this is a big thing aye, aye. so like looking back and seeing like 40 kilos for sets of maybe even just like five or six and uh-huh. that being like a struggle whereas yeah. like now for a set of five or six on a squat for example it could be anything from like 80 90 kilos plus depending on how like where i'm in my training phase and how i'm feeling that day so uh-huh. it's just it's insane i know until can see. I, I think it probably is encouraging as well when you look back and you see a progress over the years in it yeah yeah, yeah definitely so you would recommend that to people who are listening yeah i think so yeah if you're that way minded but i definitely think having an idea even if 
you know, I know Carol use it with videos and pictures, but mm-hmm. like maybe if it's weight you're chasing, like have it semi regularly where you've got photos to actually go, yeah. Oh man, I'm having a fat day, then you look back to a year ago and go, oh, wow, like things I've done, like uh, I, I have changed as well. Yeah, totally. And even I don't think it has to stop with training, like Callum says, it just of writing down thoughts or like how you feel yeah. as yeah. well. So I think you can progress in so many ways as opposed to just how much is on a bar or how much you weigh. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, especially with even just like it's kind of me. Like I've I've had a bad week or two of training in terms of I was just pushing too hard and my body hasn't been able to recover and I'm seeing it in my numbers today. Yeah, but it's actually quite nice to see my own mentality of today. I was very frustrated. Then quite immediately after my first few sets, I was like, well, cool. Like let's get the most from this session that I can without over fatigue, over tired of myself. And it's quite nice to see that. Whereas in writing in the past, it would be very much a uh, if you you're an uh, idiot yeah. why are you so in it, so much of an idiot i mean maybe that's a bit strong but, <laughs> but like it was that kind of thing whereas now it's nice to even see my own mentality to training being like cool you made a mistake right let's dust yourself off let's get back to it next week yeah amazing i i think it was a great start fantastic so the second question is who inspires you or has inspired you in the past in health and fitness like whether it be a coach or Instagram influencer or whatever. Dev, who, who's been an inspiration for you, apart from um, me and Cal? Obviously you and Callum, number one, um, equally shared. <laughs> <laughs> Shame he's stronger than me and is a better fighter than I am. I don't think I'm stronger. <laughs> I think there might be one or two moments, but I don't think, I don't think you play it up to it. I think you play up to it. Too modest. Well, you can definitely outfight me. Well, I'm not a fighter. I'm a <laughs> We're not even going to talk about that. Anyway, Dave, before <laughs> Cal and I talk about who's the best lover. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think going off current, like if you were to focus like on me and my sport just now, going off that, like Matt Fraser's just retired. Oh, has he? From CrossFit. Wow. Like, I'm glad you said that. I was <laughs> the expression at the end. This would have been Matt Fraser. Is that what? <laughs> yeah. So in terms of CrossFit, like, he just wins it all, does he? Yeah, he's won it five years in a row. Wow. And just watching like how he trains and his like mentality for training it's just insane and then seeing him in the competition floor he is basically like he, he wipes the floor like uh-huh. with everyone it's it's just and every event as well um, basically yeah and just to watch somebody like that who like from such a, a young age like he was an olympic weightlifter and then transferred into crossfit and like he's only he's still in his late 20s he's either the same age as me or what? a bit younger is it? What? yeah um so it'll be interesting to see where he goes now and then on the flip side of that, I love people who have basically come from nothing and then like worked up. And to use somebody as an example for this, this might be more up your street, Callum, but like Conor McGregor, like he was an absolute riot. Name I, I was not expecting to come <laughs> <down> <laughs> to Carol's. Yeah. No, no, that's cool. I, mean, I was expecting Triple H or something. <laughs> I just mean from people who he obviously hasn't come from a background where like a wealthy family or whatever, and albeit he's done some absolutely outrageous things uh-huh. through his career but now like he's at the top of his game like he's got businesses and stuff like it just shows you you don't need to be somebody who comes from an area of like riches so to speak like mm-hmm. if you put your mind to something you can achieve it uh-huh. which is cool and I think you see that in the Olympics yeah quite often where it's quite enamoring when you see like the schools and stuff they've come to uh-huh. and you kind of realize I think with a lot of not all of course but like a lot of Olympic sports it's like from a very early age, they've had a lot of support to get to those places, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult. It must be very difficult to try and compete with people who have maybe been training in rowing or 
you know, athletics since age 10 at a very high level. It's, and it's like specialised from such a young age is the only yeah. way you're going to get to that exactly, level. Exactly, yeah. 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 Callum, who's, who's been your inspiration in the past or like, uh, who's your inspiration just now? I don't really get, I don't, I wouldn't say there's many people that may, majorly jump out to me and certainly not many famous people. I think for me, it used to always be people, especially in the world of MMA, but it was always a lot of people I trained or competed with who had held down like nine to five jobs, had families, ah. etc., and things. Uh, so there's one of the guys that, I don't think anyone will maybe know, know, but there's a guy called Keith McLaughlin, who's a Thai fighter. And I wasn't super close to him in the gym, knew him and, and we're, was chatting up with him, but it wasn't like we were best of pals, but it was always impressive with him, like self-employed, had kids, his kids are very high level tie fighters as well, have competed all over the world, he's competed all over the world, I believe it held a world championship at one point as well, coaches on top of that and would just always be in the gym, always be training, very rarely did you ever see him have a, you know, he wouldn't let, I assume he would have had down days in training and he wouldn't let other people, you wouldn't know they would come in and be like, avoid Casey's having a bit of a down day, etc. Like, so I He'd probably be surprised to hear me even say that, but like, yeah, he was somebody I always thought was, I always think that's impressive. And again, it's always been something I've always really liked. Some of the like older coaches or older players when they play rugby, again, if you grew up playing rugby, you'll know that. Like, some guys keep playing till they're about 55, 60. And I always loved the idea of being the guy who goes back and there's like wee <laughs> ego driven teenagers yeah. like me yeah. Yeah. who's like, oh yeah, cool, yeah, I played rugby for triple your age. Uh, cool, uh-huh. let's, let's have a wee run about and basically just annihilate and give them a bit of like uh-huh. a grounding essentially as well. So uh-huh. I think that's kind of the thing that I always like. And, and in here as well, I think it's really cool seeing some of the members. I know that's such a soppy answer, but at the same time, I, I think it's really cool when I see, I think I get more excited about people's PRs in here than they do. I, th- I, think, yeah. I think we all do, and I, think, I actually think that's a good sign. 100%, yeah, yeah, definitely. What about you? I think it's kind of similar wavelength to you, I guess, and there's, my inspiration usually comes from like the coaches, whether people, it's people who have coached me in the past before, or whether it's someone, like just with us being in the fitness industry, we, we get to meet a lot of people who are coaches, so it's like people like Dan John, shout out Dan John, yada yada, gets a shout out every podcast, yada yada, Dan, Dan John, come on the show please. Like, you say John Don then. <laughs> maybe God does, God does. It's like when you see a word so many times, it doesn't look like a word anymore. So I, I just love it. he's been a, a coach for like 20 odd years or or it's like Thomas Plummer who like, he's probably like a, a inspiration in business as opposed to like actual training but like Dan John has been a coach for decades and still puts down his own training. Like as a writer, I, I love to write and read, and I, I just I would love a life like that when you get to your sixties yeah. and like you're still tossing cables about, which is just absolutely amazing. And then I'm a jiu-jitsu coach as well. I just think it's something like Marcos grew up in Brazil and then comes over to Scotland after spending time in America, comes over to Scotland and starts a jiu-jitsu gym, like done jiu-jitsu for self-defence when he was in Brazil, and now he's in Scotland with his own business and yeah. like, just helping countless people in Glasgow. Like, I just think it's absolutely absolute quality. But it's funny that coaching role, like, I think it plays such a big impact in your life, but you need to be willing to go and actually find a coach. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people so. go through life without a coach. Like in different areas, you know, once, once you have a job, you maybe have like a, a boss, mm. but like what other areas when you're an adult do you actually get a coach apart from in like a PT? Mm. Anything. Uh-huh. 
Interesting. Right. Okay, we'll move on to the third one. Uh, and the third question is, can you share a mistake you've made in the past with your training or your eating? Uh, yes, that is the question. <laughs> any, any mistakes, Dev, that you spring to mind? Um, probably training. I would always, like if I missed a day's training or if I didn't get everything done, then I would always be like, right, I need to add this and I've got like basically catch up to play with myself in terms of this needs to be done you do not get to fast school because you've not done this. Uh, yeah. Whereas now, if I miss a training day, like, cool, move on, tomorrow's a new day. Aye, just more flexible. Yeah. When, how, how did that transition happen, do you think? Because I don't think that's an easy transition to get to. Um, from voices around me. Um, <laughs> encouraging me that that was not the sensible thing to do. Um, for so long, just in terms of training, that was just the big focus. But then when, like, obviously, before I came to work here, I was self-employed, worked in a commercial gym, like the environment was so different. And then it's almost like when you come and you, you surround yourself with people of similar like mindsets as you, you realise like, mm, like maybe I was being stupid, like uh -huh. I probably shouldn't have done that as much. Um, and sometimes it just takes other people to open your eyes to something. Uh -huh. Yeah, totally. The people you surround yourself with makes a massive difference. Don't it? We're, we're so lucky with us around. Yeah. yeah. It's so helpful in every area, isn't Smart, it? Smart, handsome, uh -huh. witty. Good bakers. That's yeah. just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you've got to the team. <laughs> right, Cal, many mistakes at Spring uh, Yeah, a really obvious one for me is uh, too much sparring. I think with in the world of martial arts, probably like most sports as well, you need to be really ego-driven. And for me, prob coming from like a nicer area of Glasgow, and I think a lot of people, especially in the martial arts world, would have seen me as like genuinely. I remember telling one of the one of the guys I used to train with that I was somehow related to the Queen, and he believed it. <laughs> like genuinely believed it. Uh, but like for me, it became a big thing. Especially when I, when the, group, the, the first time I went to, there was a big batch of guys from East Kilbride, there was a big batch of guys from Drum Chapel. And so I kind of came in on my own at that point and very much felt like I had to prove myself. So I would spar with anyone who offered and would would felt like I, that was me having to like show that I am a, a fighter and it wasn't just this posh boy. I was going to use a different one. This posh, this posh boy who thinks he's, thinks he's tough is wandering in here, you know, it very much felt like I had to prove something. And then even I went into the, like a larger gym with a much storied kind of, and storied like legacy. So the Grip House, like being one of the, if not the best place in, in Scotland for a while for a mixture of martial arts. Uh, again, it was kind of that idea, like I would want to fight the, I would say fight, I'd want to spar with the best to show the, that I belong there, etc. as well. So it turns out, uh, you know, traumatic head injuries are not healthy for your brain. Uh -huh. So uh, definitely, if you're ever going into, you know, martial arts, it's be sensible with the amount you are taking to your head. Uh, in short, so. Do you think it's a crossover between that and like people coming going into a gym and feeling feeling like they've got something to prove? Yeah. Like, say, going into a commercial gym and like, like if say you were training at a commercial gym, Carol, and you were deadlifting 140 kilos, yeah. like, do you think people will go in and like, hey, she's doing that? That means I can try and do this as well. Yeah, especially you know I mean? from a male female like point of view to each other. Like uh -huh. if you take somebody who's relatively new to lifting weights and I'm in the gym just doing my session, deadlifting like a decent bit of weight and this person's a male and they're just like, Oh my goodness, she's a female and she can lift more weights than me. Uh -huh. That can be very detrimental to people, but it can also on the flip side of that be like, 
if she can lift that, I can uh, lift that. And then yeah. it almost like it's so funny because you see people like they come up next to you or like in your area, and then they just like they clock you every now and again, and <laughs> they, they like start doing the same thing, and it's almost just like, well, I'm lifting more weight, so you're gonna lift more weight. Like, uh-huh. that's me too with Carol. <laughs> <laughs> so it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Uh huh. I'm looking over trying to do a handstand. <laughs> oh. give, give myself a concussion. Blaming <laughs> sparring. <laughs> what is what's your biggest mistake, Lewis? I, th- I touched on this in a previous podcast, and I think it's a lack, it's always been a lack of focus on maintaining my results that I've achieved. So I don't know how many times I've dieted, and then I've spoken about this before, but jumped straight back up again. <laughs> I mean, it's the excitement of, oh my God, I've not drank, I've not, I've hardly drank in ages. I'm now lean, I can now start drinking. You know what I mean? So I feel like that is a mistake. Hopefully I will rectify this time after this diet, after regaining weight, yada, yada, yada. But I I think that would be my mistake in just not planning for that maintenance phase when I've been trying to lose weight to get results. You know what I mean? Just so focused on the weight loss side of it with no process behind the scenes for what I'm going to do when that finishes like what is the diet after the diet so if you don't have one you're probably going to regain your weight Uh, and that's coming from a guy who has access to a gym who really knows what I'm doing (laughs) you know what I mean so I I probably should not be doing that I think it's the human condition though to like Uh always look for the next thing I think there's an English philosopher called Rachel Stevens who once said more 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 how do you like it (laughs) and I think that speaks speaks volumes here that will be I like that there's a dramatic pause it's like I'm just quoting an English philosopher that will will be the podcast snippet we use (laughs) quality Uh, so we spoke about our mistakes and what we've done in the past so what are the biggest mistakes that you see others make in the gym or myths that we see in fitness and nutrition where, where do people spend the biggest wastes of time? <laughs> Open the box of controversy. Controversy, oh. controversy. Yeah, fine. Uh, I, I've got a few. Um, so <laughs> okay. The first one, just going back a couple of seconds to that conversation about like the male-female environment. Uh-huh. That whole lifting weights will make you manly and bulky. Uh-huh. I mean, some people might look at me and think, oh my God, like she's got far too much muscle for a female. Like her guns are bigger than mine. <laughs> Sorry if that pains you. It does. It does. Apology accepted. Whatever. But like for me, like that's how I want to look. I'm happy like that. But again, to other people and then females, I would love to know who said this. Like you're going to lift a weight today and you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be huge. I like, know. We've been trying to get huge for decades. Uh, it doesn't work. Is that not how it works? one of mine. Uh-huh. Um, well, like did, did you never have that fear when you started? No, I always wanted to, to change. Uh-huh. But again, it comes down to like the chasing numbers and things. So, uh-huh. um, another thing. Uh, <laughs> I, like I just feel the rest, the rest of the podcast is Carol just going and another one. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not DJ as bad. Carol. This is like DJ <laughs> Carol. <laughs> On the flip side, so instead of training like nutrition, yeah. you can't eat foods that you like. Yeah. You need to eat bland, need to eat clean boring. all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a load of rubbish. Oh. Uh-huh. I'm going to leave it there in case I get too. Carol's <laughs> <laughs> planned her feet and just start swinging for the hills. I wish this was a visual podcast. I just started throwing around. Um, I, I forgot the haymakers. I forgot the old term, doesn't matter. Uh, Calm, any mistakes, myths, 
I just think people probably take things a bit too seriously and personally. And, yeah. I, and I, I've definitely done that at the end of the day. Like, I left uni to try and compete and thinking I was going to make, you know, my, my living being a competitive <laughs> martial artist. So, like, I'm fully aware that that happens. Uh, and I'm not saying that I've always been so chilled and zen about my fitness results. But I think I look at, I look at it now and people attach a, a massive amount of their worth to, to the body that they have. And, again, that comes from... Like, if I blame greater society for the way they project things, but a lot of people get so worked up about the body they have, it, like how fit they can be, the fact that they might have regressed in certain movements, etc. And it's, you know, you're a human being and your worth extends a lot further than the weight that goes in a bar or the weight that's on a scale or the fact that you don't have six-pack abs, etc. Uh, so I would just say that, like, you know, the, the minute you can reduce the intensity, then the more fun you're likely to have and the less stress you put onto your body and the more likely you are to actually get better results as well, which seems crazy. You think, oh no, if I put everything into this, uh, it becomes really, you know, I must, must have more success. But actually I think sometimes stepping back a wee bit and looking at it in a greater picture is, is a bit more important. But one of the things I heard, which I really loved, is like if every session is the most important thing, then no session is important. And if you're always going in thinking like every weight loss or every thing is, is the most vital thing, then they're actually not that important. One period at a certain time should be a bit more important than if it's just this constant, it's all about my life, it's always this, I'm always overweight and blah, blah, blah as well. So that's, that's what I would say. You know. That was a great answer, Cal. Thanks. Nice job. <laughs> it's almost if somebody told me the question. <laughs> I think I was the only one who didn't think about these. I was too busy thinking about the actual, actual questions themselves. <laughs> uh, but in terms of mistakes that I think people make, and Carol, I'm kind of echoing in the back of your uh, your statement here, and, and yours as well, Carol, because I think it's the biggest mistake is lack of consistency for people. Sure. Uh, and and uh, I believe that lack of consistency comes from either A, not doing an activity you enjoy, so you just never enjoy actually showing up and training and doing it, or you never enjoy eating the, the foods that are going to get you the results that you want to get to, or slash and B, which is not finding a community of people that you love to do it with. Yeah. And I, th I think it is so underrated, especially in the fitness industry where it's commercial gyms and people go in and you need to put headphones on because it's Katy Perry. Cal listens to Katy Perry when he trains, but we'll move past that. Like you need to put in headphones to drown out that terrible music. Or the, the pure that all the things that aren't Katy Perry we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and you put on headphones to listen to Katy Perry even louder. It's <laughs> your umbrella. <laughs> so you have this environment where people are just wearing headphones, where you need to wait to get onto certain pieces of kit, where you, you, there's no space for you to just go with a friend and train and enjoy yourself. So I think that's the biggest mistake is that you don't enjoy the activity and you don't enjoy the people you do it with. If you fix both of those, then I think that's the recipe for how to be consistent with training, which I think is the most important thing. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point as well. And when you look at it with other sports, like nobody goes and plays football alone unless uh, they are a professional. And uh, you can't play tennis alone. Uh, you know, when you go and play golf, probably a big thing about golf is you go out and meet with three of your pals and go around and play. Like uh, every other sport, most of them were thinking about it like you would look forward or you'd need that person to go and play it with. Uh -huh. Whereas there's something about fitness where it's like, well, it needs to be me. And again, I think it probably comes down to that like people are almost embarrassed before they walk into gym uh, rather than being more okay with just being like, I don't know too much. 
I want this these things to change. Let's find a group who are in a similar boat as well and uh-huh. enjoy that process. Uh huh. Do you think it's hard to, harder to ask for help when it's fitness as opposed to like if you were going like when I go in this I started jujitsu. It's like so obvious I need to go and get help. I need to go somewhere for help because I've got no idea what I'm doing. But like, why do people find that so difficult with health and fitness, Jink? Everyone eats. Uh-huh. So every, nobody wants to admit they're really bad at it. Mm. You know, whereas with jiu-jitsu, you know, there's a very niche amount of people. Uh-huh. So you kind of know you need to go and see them. Like, you know, if you've got uh-huh. a broken car, you don't go up to just the next door neighbor and assume that they're going to be able to do it. But with eating, like everybody does it. And uh-huh. everybody has some form of exercise routine, even if it's a lack of it. Uh-huh. So I guess maybe it's a part where everybody's worried that everybody else knows what they're doing yeah. or is very happy with their body and you're the only one in society who thinks that they're heavy and it's probably uh, even worse that you get and see people who are heavier than you or in some cases if you're trying to put on weight you see lighter people who are like i'm are very proud of their body or project this idea that they're very proud of their body and so you seem like the odd one out from society at large because uh, i think it is a skill isn't it like working out is a skill yeah like good, yeah. good nutrition is a skill and then, like, jiu-jitsu is a, like, martial arts are a skill, but it's so apparent that they're a skill, but it doesn't seem to be that with health and fitness, and I think you're probably right, I You think that is yeah. just why? I mean, that's me just guessing off the top of my head. Nah, this I think that's well-studied theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's good. Right, we shall move on to the next question, which is, question number five is, what are the most underrated or underused exercises in the gym? Miss Devlin, you ready to take a bat at this? Yeah, again, I've got a few here. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Hope you're sitting down, everybody. Yes. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> number one, obviously, deadlift being my favourite. A deadlift is so underrated. See, people yep. who don't deadlift, like, oh, come on. I just, think, I just think all hip hinge exercises. That was my, another one. Oh, on sorry, list. sorry. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Stop. A hip thrust was also like, uh-huh. especially males. Males look at that like girls just do that so they can get a bigger bump. But uh-huh. that then also transfers into like the likes of your deadlift and everything else. Like just having a strong posterior chain. Uh huh. Um, what, what does that mean for people who have no idea? Posterior chain is your basically your back and into like your glutes, your hamstrings, everything that you sit on every day. Aye, when you're all the muscles home. that you kind of see. Yep, basically. <laughs> All the things that you want to. So all my muscles. Full <laughs> <laughs> body. Hey, what, why do you think people avoid deadlifts and uh, hip hinge movements? Deadlift, I would say, is very open to... I mean, we've probably all seen a video of somebody in a gym doing a deadlift and it looks like they're breaking their back. You've got a video of your 100 kilos deadlift and oh, do that go. It'll be in the show notes, everybody. Yeah. What was this? He's trying to say that I've got a bad deadlift video. I mean, there probably is somewhere where they start the training. Um, but seeing there's just so many things that can go wrong with a deadlift. It's very technical. Yeah. And again, if you never ask for help in the gym, like especially if you're training a commercial gym, you, oh, there's just so many possibilities. There's so many things uh-huh. that go wrong. But then even people who are experienced, like I'm sure we all have, all have done it at some point, you put weight on the bar and you're either like halfway through the lift or you, you finish the lift and you just think, well, nah. it's probably a bit too heavy. I've pushed that too far. Yep. And then for the next few days, like the dog slash <laughs> yeah. lower back pain that you uh-huh. have. Or just, so I think that just puts a lot of fear into people. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's such a technical movement, but it doesn't look like it should be technical. Yeah. It's like, oh, just pick it up. <laughs> Don't yeah. But there's so, there's so much that goes into it. And I guess that kind of circles back to the last question where like lifting weights is a skill. So if you like 
there's so much value in getting a coach even for a short period of time so you can learn these movements and then you know how to do it for the rest of your life yeah. after that safely. Cal, any underused, underappreciated exercises? Uh, just, I mean, I, I'm going to go down the deadlift front. It's not necessarily that I'm answering a question, but I think a lot of people have a horrendous amount of fear from the deadlift and they do it every day. I mean, a deadlift is literally just picking something off. It is picking something off the ground and you will do it day after day after day. And the problem comes from the amount that you load yourself up with that same position that your body's not in the, the, the place yet to be able to hold that or like compete with that weight for a certain amount of time so a classic one and we get this really regularly is i've done gardening for or over the weekend and i really hurt my back mm. now the reality is they probably had a spade and had a little bit of weight but the reality is they maybe done four five hours of what might be an empty bar deadlift now even if any of us did that we'd probably tire out our back just literally from the fact it's so much volume it's so many reps essentially of a, a deadlift but a lot of people then come in on a you know monday tuesday deadlift and go oh my back i've really really hurt my back and they create the fear and a lot of people a lot of uh, i think it's really further not helped by the by the fitness industry because a lot of people will say like you know will push the kind of idea of like oh, you know you'll cripple yourself if you add too much weight on a bar but i think the reality is we've all done it and we've maybe had a tender back for a while and then you build yourself back up and we've had plenty of people in the gym who maybe we've said well i, I think you're probably good to stay there and they're like no i want to add some weight and they add some weight and then the next couple of days they come back oh, i've really hurt my back okay cool well, let's let's give ourselves a bit of time and come back to it and build up a bit more confidence. But a lot of people have such a fear as if the back is really weak. How many um, people do you know? How many people do we see, or even in our personalised? Oh, I've got a weak back. There's something wrong with my back. Well, to be honest, the back's probably for the vast majority of people going to be fairly strong. I mean, it goes through every range of motion. Uh -huh. You know, on a day, even if you have a lazy day, you're constantly straining your back. Uh -huh. But I would just say that, like, so don't be don't be fearful of things like deadlifts or squats, big, heavier movements. Just approach them with the sense that you're going to build up the load, be it in terms of how many reps you're doing or how much weight you're putting on the bar. Build that up very slowly and allow your body to adapt because that's the beauty of the human body. It adapts very well to everything you ever do. Yeah. Therefore, you don't need to be this fearful idea of, if I do a deadlift and it's ever so slightly wrong, I will collapse and my spine will break forever. <laughs> and, I th and I think I'm saying it sarcastically, but I have somebody in my personal life outside this gym who has me and says all the time, like, oh, my, my back's really bad. Uh, I did a deadlift in the house and it's like, you did what? One deadlift with blah, blah, blah. I was like, but you've been working from home. Could it not be some, how was your back before that? My back's been sore quite a lot, but it's the deadlift that hurt it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the mentality a lot of people uh, have so that's yeah. that's maybe i would say is don't fear the big lifts just uh, approach them with a sensible sensible approach to them so so say somebody's just starting at the gym for the first time like or say they're in the house training just now whatever be it explain what a hip hinge is if you can which is hard to do over audio and then how you would sort of build up from a basic hip hinge up to a deadlift so i think it, it you know Again, to go back to the idea of a deadlift, the reason it's called the deadlift is you're lifting something from a dead stop the momentum's there. It comes like, from the Roman army lifting dead bodies from the floor. Is that what it's called? Is it nice? Uh, Apparently. 
But like, you might so, just made that up. So when you pick something <laughs> off the ground, you know, you, you know, I'm sure you all done it in a, a health and safety lesson. If you yeah, you see that with like the two yeah. people in the on the box, don't you? Yeah, back and yeah, and and that's kind of like yeah. where we're kind of coming from. If you know what I mean. Now, there's adjustments we would use to try and make it more proficient and to try and test out your muscles in a way that's going to be the most optimal. But at the same time, when you pick something off the ground, you do a deadlift. Uh-huh. And if you want to get better at that, you progressively make that a little bit harder. And so I would definitely not say that you go and pick up a, a stone that is the size of you in your garden straight away <laughs> as a thingy, but building up very slowly, seeing how you feel. If you wake up the next day and your your back is tender and sore, well, that's very usual. And you would have had that if you were doing something with your legs or your arms usually anyway. Just give yourself a bit of time and come back to it. I think if you're keen on getting very strong at it, that's when you need to look at better equipment, more knowledge, have a coach who's going to come and help you at the same time. Uh, but I don't think the fear, like the fear should be there that a deadlift means you are sore, a squat means I'm going to collapse under the bar. And I think that definitely exists. Would you say so? I'd say there's uh, a massive fear on those two movements. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was thinking that, like just when you were talking about a deadlift, I think, especially if people have never deadlifted before, they come in and... They deadlift and then like you say the next couple of days like the the lower back feels sore it's because they've never experienced doms in their uh-huh. lower back so they just think i've done this wrong mm. this is not supposed to feel like this yeah so it's it's almost like a fine line of knowing where as a muscle soreness and where it is actually like a pain soreness yeah. fatigue as well yeah. like that's a massive thing like when we have doms in your legs and everyone has that. You can get that going up a hill or yeah. if you're climbing stairs all day, people will have sore legs. But people come back with sore legs and go, oh, I've got sore legs like I knew I was working yesterday. Nobody goes, I've got pain in my legs, like my legs are going to break. And whereas with back, nobody comes up and goes, oh, I've got a sore back yesterday. I know I was working really well. It's usually, I've got pain in my back. Therefore, you know, catastrophic thing, yeah. like my back will blow up in the world, it will cease to exist. Again, exaggerating, yes, <laughs> yeah, but, also, but, there's, uh, but that, that is a thing, and it's certainly something that goes out with the lifting thing, where people have this preconceived notions that your back are, your back is paper thin, and you know, wink at it badly, and your back is going to break, break, and that's just something that personally I'm... Uh-huh. As you can tell, I'd probably get quite... <laughs> so underrated exercise, so definitely deadlift in that sort of hip hinge movement and then squats as well. Yeah. Do you think so? Any I'm, variety. I think, I think, yeah, I would probably just say like progressively putting weight through your body is not a bad thing. And a uh-huh. lot of people, you know, again, it's the youth. I remember when I first started lifting at 16, badly, yes, with the amount of people who kind of came up to me and said, should you be lifting at this age? Are you not going to study uh, your growth? Exactly. Said to a six <laughs> foot five, 17 year old who needs to worry about stunting his growth. <laughs> yeah. I told you what we did. I'm trying to stop myself. You would have been Andre the Giant. You would have been eight feet tall, but your bloody picked up a bar. Look at okay, what you done to yourself. Wee man. Welcome to Glasgow. <laughs> I get cold feedback. <laughs> I, I, I would also add in loaded carries, and a lot of people might ask, like, "What the hell is a loaded carry?" But basically, just like when you've been to Aldi to do your shopping, and you're carrying the big heavy shopping bags up to the front floor flat. And I mean, supermarkets are available. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I said something that commented in the Facebook group about Cam. I was like, "Please don't say I have a meditation app to available. Don't say it. Don't say it." <laughs> <laughs> but those exercises are amazing for working like your overall. Work capacity, so just like it's, it's an easy exercise to chuck in alongside other exercises. It's going to get your abs and your glutes, your traps, all these big muscle groups uh, working really hard. So just pick stuff up and carry it, pick stuff off the floor. 
Can you want to touch on what work capacity is? Because I'm not sure everyone would know it. I guess I would just describe work capacity as just like the overall, the overall. I, I'm trying to think of a better word for work. <laughs> like the overall. I'd say the ability to perform exercise for a longer duration yeah. than you were previously. Yeah, exactly. Like if you've got, say, like a jug, like you're increasing the overall size of the jug, yeah, like yeah. how much water is in that jug. So another word for work is now water, yeah. apparently. But I think a lot, of, again, kind of come back to what we say, a lot of people will have that where when they first come into a deadlift, it's very exhausting. Yeah, or a leg press, even if you're using machines in the gym, using a whole load of muscle groups, it's very exhausting. And then come throughout the session going like, oh, man, I'm knackered. Like, this isn't – and worry that that's not good for you rather than that's probably just testing you to your limits of your work capacity. Yeah. And that should grow over time. Yeah. It's even something my own training recently I realised – you know, growing your work capacity will have a massive benefit over time. As yeah, well. aye, definitely. So, uh, Excellent. Uh, so moving on to the next question, question number six, which is do you have any principles or rules that you follow for training and nutrition uh, and just general life? I think that's also interesting. Callum, Carol, any, any sort of principles? I, I can start off if you want. Yeah, okay. So I've got two which is, number one would be little and often over the long haul, eh, which obviously is stolen from Dan John again, yada, yada. But I, I think that's just a great way to approach your training, approach your nutrition, approach your, approach your life in general. Just one little piece at a time. Just keep showing up, keep showing up, keep showing up, and you will get results. Like it might, a diet might take you a little bit longer than like a, a six-week shred, for example, if you take like six months. But you're going to enjoy the process more along the way. And with your training, we've kind of touched on it a bit over the podcast so far. You don't need to be so brutal with yourself every single training session. Like If you can show up and push yourself 80% like five days a week for six months, that's going to get you better results than pushing yourself 100% for a month and then hating training so much you never train again. And I think that probably crosses over to meditation for for general activity in life for everything for reading whatever probably not sleep though little and often yeah. nah big and often unless you do a load of naps a wee cs oh, and everything sounds good dev principles uh, nutrition wise if you want something like for example i've got a really sweet tooth like so if i want a bit, a bit of chocolate have a bit of chocolate the worm's not going to end yeah have it enjoy it move on yeah um and then training kind of similar to the start of the podcast, like listen to my body. If my body says no today, then go, just stop. That sounds good. Yeah. Right. You're flexible in your approach. Almost flexible in your approach. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> uh, I don't really have anything that's jumping out to me per se. I think, I guess, I could say a principle with exercise is just doing it. Like, I think it's necessary. It's very necessary to my mental health. I thoroughly enjoy it when it, like, you know, I, I definitely think, I can't remember where I heard this, but I remember somebody saying, like, you know, what would be your perfect day that you could live every day? And one of the first things I would say is I love training first thing in the morning. I just love that. I always feel any day is better for some form of exercise in the, yeah. at first. And that's even, like, on holiday. Like, I definitely, anytime I've gone away for a longer holiday, as in, like, a week or above, I always get to a point where I have to, there's a day where I get really antsy and, yeah, to like go and, and do some form of training, usually first thing in the morning, and suddenly have that kind of 
Duh, you like exercise. Why didn't you do that on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday? That's the, that's the voice in my head in case you wanted. Uh, and then from then on, even if it's something like 10 laps of the pool before I then leisurely, yeah. leisurely you know, yeah, leads about good. it. That's, yeah, even that, a walk it. as well. 100%. Uh, the other one I would just say, I really like this, but it's, it's from, from Zen Buddhism, but everything changes. And I just yeah. think it's okay to just be like, for me, I realise how much my relationship with fitness has changed. My relationship with my body has changed. My nutrition has changed. And I think it will change. And I think that's okay. And that could be positive. It could be negative. But be okay and understand that it's not going to be what it once was, for better or worse as well. Whereas I think most people come into the world of fitness or hire a PT because they think, I'm not like I used to be, therefore I am bad. And again, that might be losing potential <laughs> clients by saying, don't worry about that. But I think that just be okay, you know, your mobility might change, or your mobility will change, your strength will change, your relationship with food will change, your relationship with your work will change. All these things will change. That means that it's a constantly flowing process and just be okay with that. And the minute you find peace with that, then suddenly it gets a lot, a lot less upsetting when you realize your weight maybe isn't as perfect as you once wanted it to be or you're relationship with fitness isn't quite what you thought it had been when you were 21 years old and had very little things to worry about as well yeah so yeah yeah well done i had the second one as well which is it's often worse than imagination than it is in reality like i, I think it was Seneca that said that and I, I just reflect on that all the time and because like, sometimes like when jiu-jitsu was running where i'd be sitting in the house like oh just can't afford going tonight man like I'm just going to go and get strangled for an hour and it's going to suck. Exactly, and then I need to stop getting strangled to go and get strangled. But like, so you think you think about and you build up a picture in your head of how challenging it's going to be or how much it's going to suck and then you go and do it and I, could, I, I would say every single time it's great. Mm. You know what I mean? And I, I imagine members coming into here will feel that at some points. Like, oh, I just can't be bored going into train tonight and then they come in and train and they're like, oh, I'm so... How often do you hear? I'm so glad I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Like even even on the Zoom sessions that we're running just now over lockdown, it's people are just so happy to say, like, "Oh, I feel so much better now." Like so, it's worse in imagination than, than it is in reality. Just eat good food, train, do it. So we've got two more questions. Uh, the second to last question is going to be: What are the important things that li the listeners of the podcast should do every single day? Just emphasis on them every day. Like what what kind of stuff should folk? add into their routine what, what kind of habits should people try and pick up and do every day do you think folks make somebody happier oh wow that's nice <laughs> no but uh, really no i'm joking uh, I, ah, I think that's I a nice one that, no i think that's a nice one i was but if i'm going through the health and fitness things i've realized i'm sounding like a very armchair <laughs> english philosopher at this point yeah <laughs> uh, i would just say move mm. and you don't really need to get much more complex with that if you haven't been moving yeah. like fair enough if you know you are listening to this and you are a professional you know sportsman it has to get more complex but for most people find something you enjoy and do it that makes you move and that's really it yeah oh, it's hitting the nail on the head uh-huh yeah. anything else to add are you happy no, i would just say that just do something that you're happy with yeah i agree i think i think you need some form of coping mechanism for the the natural stresses of life yeah. like go through family stress work stresses everything like you need a coping mechanism and for me that has always been movement like it's always been training or yeah. running or cycling or we dance whatever it is. Um, I, we dance. Dance. yeah i, I, I can dance. dance do you like uh, 
salsa. Quite very, yeah. No, varied. <laughs> yeah, so, you, yeah, you salsa every day. I always thought you spoke about tomato salsa for your breakfast. I didn't realise it was an actual salsa dance. It's not. It's more Latin. It's Latin-focused I go for in the mornings. In the evening, <laughs> it goes a bit more classical. Mm. Start waltzing. <laughs> on like Walter. Yeah. Oh, amazing. amazing. That's why I call him Walter. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have one final question. Is any quotes that you live by I think the quote I just said was my quote I was saving for the end, so now I'm absolutely stuffed. Say again. Uh, it's often worse in imagination than it is in reality. Can I have that same answer again? Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Carol, you don't have any quotes? No. You've got a piece of paper that's got stuff on it, what are you talking about? That one's not getting anything written down, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably the only one you needed stuff written down for. I know. Hey, what, what would your quote be? See, if, uh, let's do the Tim Ferriss question. If, if, you had a, if you had a billboard, we've got a billboard next to the gym. So see if you could put anything on that billboard apart from come to this gym. Like, <laughs> what do you, you think you would say to people? Do you know how much it is to rent that for a day? No. Tell you after the podcast. Oh! <laughs> um, if it doesn't make you happy, don't have it in your life. Mm. Whether that is food, training, relationship, job, like life's too short to be miserable. Aye, yeah, too right, man, too right. Cal, I would, I, I would easily on, put something, ju- no, I wouldn't, I'd be, I'd put something stupid, like, I'd try and just put a really bad joke. <laughs> any, any you can think of right now? I could, yeah, I could yeah, answer while you're thinking. Come, yeah, you throw uh, one out. Okay. Know, I'll try uh, finish uh, off with just like, the worst joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm No pressure. So, if I had that, Big billboard next to the gym, and I wanted to say something to people. It would probably be something cringy and cliched along, like be yourself. Like similar to what Carol said, like do do stuff that you enjoy. Like listen to the opinions of people who are close to you, but the opinions of other people outside of that don't do not matter at all. Make people happy by being yourself. Be your true, genuine. It was that's a quote that was in the Tim Ferriss book, which was "Be your authentically weird self." I think it was that. Yeah, and coming from a guy who's a weird guy, that is right up my street. You're going to need an extended billboard. Yeah, too, right? I know. <laughs> That's a ginormous, but a really small writing. <laughs> <laughs> People have to come up and climb up. They're like, what's he saying? Oh, how insulting. I'm not weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to that gym. <laughs> Callum. Uh, this isn't even funny. I'm just going to put this as a sign. <laughs> And on that note, on that bombshell, that is us done, folks. Thank you so much for casting your ears in our general direction. We love having you with us. So as always, if you have any questions, please send them to info at improveglasgow.com. But for now, from me, Coach Lewis, it's goodbye. It's goodbye from me. (laughs) Thanks, guys.